Hey there, this is Gregory Williams, and I'm the senior pastor of Transform Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope the following presentation really inspires you to deepen your faith walk and encourages you along your journey. Enjoy the message. I was listening to one of the athletes, actually on the interview, I can't remember it was, it was one of the Aussies who was swimming, and I was listening from the side while I was working from home, and she was being interviewed, she said something that really stood out, she said, well, this is what it's all about, she got the medal, and she goes, we do everything we can to do the good work. But if you think about it, most of these athletes actually do the best that they can to be able to achieve what they have to achieve. And it makes me wonder, what is the good work? What is the significance of this good work in our lives as the followers of Christ? And I was looking at the gospel, and I like how, how it was modeled in Luke chapter 9. So if you have your Bibles with you today, your notebooks, you have highlighters, use it today because this is good. Everybody say, this is good. And it's going to be good. And I love that our church is a type of church that talks back. I don't care if you talk back to me. I love it. So let's talk back, yes? So let's read it together. Luke 9, and I'm reading from the New International Version. When Jesus had called the 12 disciples together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. Hmm. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. He told them, take nothing for the journey. No staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra shirt. And you're thinking, I'm like, "Mm, Jesus, I don't know if I should do this. Whatever house you enter, stay there until you leave that town. And if people do not welcome you, leave their town and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. So they set out. Everybody say, they set out. And went from village to village, proclaiming the good news and healing people everywhere. Hallelujah. I love that verse. I love that, cha- um, that part of the verse, the first part of that chapter in Luke 9. That is so powerful. And in the same case, I, it reminds me when Jesus actually called them to be fishers of men. I want you to take note of this because because. I love that in verse 1, it says, he called them. And in his calling, that superseded every personal ambition that they had. They laid down whatever they were going to do because they heard the calling of God beckoning them to do something else. And I think that's powerful. And as I said, this is the same thing when Jesus called them to be fishers of men. Have you ever wondered why you would just do such thing? Jesus said there's no staff, no bag, no extra food, no extra clothes. But they laid it down and followed him and the beautiful thing about that picture is that God the father all the glory of heaven was packaged in human flesh and and God wanted it so much to make sure that he could be 
speak. He could speak so that humanity could hear. That he left his throne of glory to put on flesh so that the disciples could hear his call. Hmm. And in the same way, he has given us the Holy Spirit so that each and every one of us have the privilege to hear the calling of God. The conviction, the unction, you know, that pressing, the fire shut up in your bones. That's the calling of God. Sending you in a particular direction. So I encourage you today, hear the calling in your lives because that's the good work of God. And I love that before he has called them, he did not just call. What did he do? He gave them power and authority. If you have a pen or a highlighter, you might want to circle that, highlight that, because that is also the same power and authority that God has given to each and every one of us. You know, we, I, I thank God that he did not give us the power of fear. I thank God that God is not the God of fear, but he is the most powerful God that what he says goes, that what he says happens, and that's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead and I love that we get to have that because God himself father made sure that we get to hear that call it means that what he was calling them to do he was simultaneously actually equipping them with supernatural power to be able to pull it off isn't that crazy so it's good news for anybody in the room that you feel like you've got this dream and that is way over your head and you've been called to do something but you don't have the money for, you don't have the right people for it, you don't have the time for it, you don't have the patience for it, you don't have the gifting for it, you don't have the, the talent for it, you don't have the connections for it. But the good thing is and the great thing about our God is that he does not call the people who are already equipped or already qualified. He calls you for the people that say, yes, Lord, I'll do it. And then he equips them with what they need for the good work. Amen. They're calling. And I'll go straight to my first point. The good work is well-intentioned, but not always welcomed. It's well-intentioned. You know, we always want to good, do good things, right? You know, there were so many times, and I tell you when I say so many times, many, many heartbreaks that I do good for somebody else in line with my calling, and my good is still not good enough for them. Anyone else go through that? And my good is still not welcomed. Not because I don't do a good job. Not because I'm not doing something nice. Not because that I'm not doing it right, but because they know that I'm a Christian while doing it. And I know how discouraging that can be. I know how, how hurtful that can be when you give everything you've got and you're doing the right thing and they hurt you because they don't want you to do it for them or they reject you and you ask God, why? I'm just doing your work. 
But you see, you can be the best looking peach, the best and the ripest, the juiciest peach in the world, but there's still going to be somebody who will hate peaches. It's just the truth. But I'm grateful that I have the joy of the Lord in my life. That he is my what, how, and why. That no matter what I do, and no matter how many people say, no, Anna, we don't want it. But as long as I stand in his word, and I'm walking in my calling, I know that there's joy in it. And you know what? If your good work is not welcomed, don't stop. And it says... It says in his word, you know, I, I wonder why Jesus actually said, you know, dust off your shoes and move on. So just do what God says. Exactly that. Shake it off. Dust it off. Everybody say shake it off. Dust it off. And I tried to actually look it up. What significance does that make? And that when Jesus said, shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. You know that shaking the dust off the feet is a symbolic indication that one has done all that can be in the situation and therefore carries no further responsibility at all. In other words, girl, get up. Dust it off and move on. Move forward. Keep going, my friend. The work doesn't stop there. Don't let one unwelcome good work discourage you from doing the work of God. Yes, it doesn't feel good that other people's perception of you kind of changes how they interact with you, how they welcome you. But you, keep to t you have to tell yourself the word of God. Acts 2 verse 25, nothing can shake me. You know, I love that word that he says he's right by my side and I'm glad from the inside and out that I've pitched my tent in the land of hope. That is so powerful. You see, I have to tell you that, that other people's perception of you is none of your business. Honestly, it's none of my business. I always say, and I always say this word right now, I have students that always, you know, get their noses in my business a lot of times. Because my table and in my classroom is like quite open. And so this is my table and everybody else goes there, Sienna. You're my student today, okay? So my table's here and all the cheeky ones like Sienna right now is there. And they always like to look into things that are on my table. So I always tell them, I say, why do you guys like to look at my stuff? And they said, because they're pretty and I want to look at your things. And I said, well, you can buy those things, but you don't have to touch my things because they're my things. But it reminds me that everything you've been through, everything that you've sat through, rose through, cried through, prayed through, kneeled down to, everything is a setup for your next best season. And everything that people think of you is none of your business. Come on, tell someone next to you, it's none of your business. Let God handle it, shake it off, dust it off, and keep moving forward. Amen? Woo, I love this word. Second point that I have. The good work is content, but not complacent. 
We always think that because we have everything, that's okay. We always think that coming here, sitting down, that's okay. But there's a difference between contentment and complacency. You want to know the difference? Contentment says, I don't need anymore. Complacency is, I don't want anymore. And complacency is not of God. Because God's desire for you and I is to go from glory to glory to glory to glory. And complacency cannot do that. Only, only when we become consistent with the word of God. And being complacent will actually distract you from all that God has for you. Imagine if Nehemiah became complacent. What would have happened? Imagine if Jesus became complacent. What would have happened? But thank God that we don't have a complacent God. Hallelujah. How do I get there though, Anna? How do I know that I'm doing God's work, you ask? Thanks for asking. Um, Well... I always say this to people who are asking me, what can I do? Look at our leaders in this room. Look at our volunteers. And I thank God that we have great volunteers in this church. You see their heart, and there's not many of them. You can really pick out who they are. And I thank God that I go to a church that have people that have the heart to really walk in their calling. And... That's the thing. We think that we serve not because we have to or we must. The thing is, we forget that we all serve a happy God. God is not always out there to get you. If you don't do something for him, oh, you're going to get in trouble. That's not the kind of God God that we serve. Have you ever thought of him as a happy God? He's a happy God. We have a God full of joy. He's not a God who's the punisher. It's not the, the same thing that they've told you in history. But if you have that relationship with him, if you have that type of relationship that you're just kicking it like Paul did, that he's just kicking it with Jesus, imagine the type of relationship that you just go to Macca's or Starbucks and you just have God with you. That's the kind of relationship we're talking about. And the thing is, serving him, there's joy in it. And you can't get that joy from complacency. Remember that Christians don't do good works to become Christians. Christians do good works because they are Christians. Know the difference. It's not that Christians do good works because they have believed. But because we believe and still believe the gospel. That's why we still keep going. You see, sometimes our leaders come in and you can tell they're so tired. You can tell they're really going through it in their faces. But somehow you see them come to church full of energy with their tears in their heart but they don't show it here but then the praises are much louder than anybody else and you wonder why why do you keep going why do we keep going it's not us it's the God that we serve he deserves all praise he deserves all glory so when we do something to him we know that he's a happy God and therefore we have that joy As Ephesians 2 verse 10 says, For we are his 
workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand so that we could walk in them. This is what it means when the verse says we are his workmanship. It means that we are his actual work. It means that if we are his workmanship, we did not make ourselves. We are not our own doing. We are his doing. He is the author of our faith, not we ourselves. Hallelujah. And I'm preaching to you today that it is not enough to come and sit on a seat and hear a preacher preach and call yourself a Christian. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, all you have is a theory and a policy. But you can't get the joy out of this thing. You can't really feel what we feel because complacency, it's not the same. You know, we can be content with what we have. We might not have the flashiest cars we may not have the flashiest clothes but we have Jesus and that fills up every gap in our lives that fills up everything that's missing and so when we're tired and we declare that the joy of the Lord is our strength it makes a big difference like what Pastor Gregory says worship changes your perception and if you understand what worship means when worship begins to happen in your life that's when his situation everything that you're asking for lord what is it lord that i need what is this calling that i need it's in the joy of the lord it's not enough to sit it's not enough to come on sundays you can't get the joy out of this thing oh hallelujah hallelujah my god uh-huh. You know, you can quote John 3.16, but that doesn't make you a Christian. You can say, God, I've accepted you, but that does not mean a thing. It's the relationship. You know, you wonder why we are here day in, day out. And when there's events, you see people so happy to serve And I love that. It's not what I have always defined, you know, it's something, sorry, it's what I've always defined serving as. When you do something out of love, it's no longer an obligation. I've been sharing the gospel for over a decade now, and I'm still captivated by Jesus. I'm still in awe of his grace, his mercy, his love, his goodness and kindness. And I'm still convinced that freedom, love, hope, joy, peace and life are ultimately found in him. I'm still amazed by him. I love his church. I love his word. I love his mission. And I'm still grateful and flabbergasted each time he allows me to serve him. So don't ever get familiar with Jesus. Stay grateful. Stay on track. Dust it off and keep moving forward. Keep your awe and wonder alive. There's no one like Jesus. There's nothing like following him wholeheartedly. He is life. He becomes your life. And you watch how it makes a big difference in yours. Hallelujah. My next point, almost my last point. The good work is not about our glory, but God's glory. 
you know, David. David was anointed king. You remember when I preached the word about you being marked? And we talked about David. And he's such a significant leader in the Bible. He was anointed king. And then he went back to tending sheep right after. It just reminds me that that holy meeting that just happened was just his, been his lunch break. Imagine if someone being told, you being told, you are actually anointed king. You're going to be the king of this nation. And then, you get, and then your reaction will be like, yeah, okay, i got to go to my sheep. But I want a heart like this, willing and ready to serve God anywhere and everywhere. Not waiting on thrones and crowns, ignoring the sheep and the fields of me, before me today. You know what? This is ministry. It's not about me. Come on, say it with me. It's not about me. You see, God's work is never aimed for popularity. It's aimed for connecting people to him. And don't ever forget, Jesus, Jesus fed 5,000, but only 500 followed him after lunch. Hmm. He had 12 disciples, but only three went further in the garden. Uh, and I only, you know what? I think about it and one, only one stood with him at the cross. The thing is, the closer you get to the cross, the smaller the crowd gets. Uh, and I love that Luke 9. Luke 9 says, the disciples, he entrusted them with power and authority. And I, can I tell you why this is so important? Can I tell you why? It's so important. Because in order to accomplish supernatural tasks, you have to have supernatural capacity. Ha! And then, in other words, you can be the most talented person in the world. You can be the most strongest athlete there. But if you don't have the capacity and the strength of God, and if you go out on your own power and strength, you still won't be able to accomplish the word. God is the one that anoints you that's why when David was called and he was anointed he actually went back and served you see the difference my God it requires what it is that only God can give you who the enemy wants you to go in your own power no, he wants you to go in your own power. He there hopes that you are flashy enough, sassy enough, savvy enough, talented enough, good looking and impressive enough so that you don't have to lean on God and instead lean in your own understanding. But it is not by power. It is not by might. Ha! It is by the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. And so trust in horses some will trust in chariots some trust in what they see but not us we trust in God that we see and trust in God in the name of the Lord our God hallelujah 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 I came down to preach this morning oh you see, we think the good work means we must do something big. We must be put on a pedestal. But that's not the good work. It takes you to do the good work. It takes you 
to humble yourself and go before God and say, God, what is it that you want me to do? Let me do it, God. We are called Christians. Just reminding you, we are called Christians because of that. Not to come every Sunday and day in and day out and sit down and receive. It's about the relationship that you have. It takes you to do the good work. Not your sons and your daughters who are younger than you because you're too old. Not because you're waiting for them to do it for you. Not even this building. I believe, you know what? I believe churches really are meant for praising God and coming together. But so are your 6 a.m. rides to work. So are your showers. So are your going to coffee shops and the gym and conversations with your friends, your workmates, your family, strangers that you meet. You know, don't let the building confine your faith because you will never change the world by just going to church. I've said it so many times, we need to be the church. And you are able, you have so much in you. It takes you to do the good work. And for those who have said yes to their calling, the next point is for you. God is good, I'm nearly done. <laughs> I want to encourage you to protect the good work by choosing the right people. And this especially for the young people in the younger generations. I thank God and my brother and Vanessa, they do such an awesome work impacting young lives. But for those people who have said yes to the calling of God, thank you. I want to encourage you to surround yourself with people who are not only for you, but will fight the good faith with you. You know, I was watching um, some ads about the Olympics and you see, in Paralympics, they actually have blind people sprinting. Have you seen those? If you're not familiar with them, so what they do is they get literally blindfolded and there's someone with them running, someone who can see. So those are called guides. They don't get the medal. They don't get the medal, but they run. Sometimes they even run faster than the athlete, but they don't get to take that glory. You see, the point is, Friends who will encourage you to keep going when you want to quit is what you want. Yeah. To stay on track when you want to take a detour. Yeah. To get back up when you want to get distracted. To stay faithful when, when you're tempted to be unfaithful. To be about the Father's business when you want to get to everyone else's business. To prioritize guys, God's will over your own will. To seek His purpose about every purpose. So in the Paralympics, I love that picture that they're running and running and running and running. And this person, they can't even know if they found the end of the finish line. They don't know it, but the person who was with them, who was running and let's say, let's go to the end of the finish line. Come on, keep going, keep going. You want those kind of people around you. So you wonder sometimes that when your boat is sinking, who's in it? It reminds me, right now I'm picturing when, when they were on a boat and it's about to sink. Who's letting it down? You got to throw them in the water. 
they're not helping you get to the finish line. Sometimes it takes you cutting out people that are not causing you good things in your life. People that are causing toxicity in your soul. You know, I was, watch, I was reading this, um, this quote that how precious, how precious a soul must be that God and the devil are both after it. By Charles Spurgeon. I think that's, that's his quote. How powerful is that? And your soul is so precious. You know, you think about it. I want to do the good work. I want to keep going. There are times that, yes, it's unwelcomed. There are times that, yes, people will discourage you. But find someone who will say, I want us to make it all the way to the finish line. You know who you run with makes all the difference. So choose wisely. Make sure you choose wisely. And ultimately, the good work is about connecting yourself to God. Reminding yourself who you are and who is in you. And who you are in Him. And if you think you've blown God's plan in your life, can I tell you a truth? Are you ready? Can you rest in this truth that I'm about to tell you? You, my friend, are not that powerful. We're not that powerful. No one has blown it out of the proportion. No one is too late. No one is too old. No one is too unqualified. That's the kind of God that we serve. That when we choose to say yes to his calling, you watch what he can do. You watch the type of people that he will bring. You watch the type of network of people that he will bring into your business. You've got a business that you want to start, but you don't have the resources for it. When you say yes I'll do it for your glory God you watch what he's gonna do with that business you want to start a ministry and you're wondering how many people there's only one or two people that will be with you you watch how powerful that ministry will be when you do it for God hallelujah so before we go I've got two questions for you and this week let's really honor him you know, it doesn't have to be, you're a barber, you're a singer, you're a teacher, you're a nurse, you're a doctor, you're an engineer. It's all the same as long as it's worship. Our first question that we can take home this week. Am I honoring God through my good work? And if not, how can I honor him? How can you honor God this week? The second question is that, how can I show others the love and power of God through my good work? And that's actually my goal this week. I've, I've written those two questions on top of my book so that I can see how God is actually using me for other people. And I hope, church, that we've gotten something so powerful this morning that we can start to choose the good work of God, that we can begin to stand and understand who we are in God's eyes. Amen? Amen. And that will be the end of my preaching. <laughs> so God is awesome. Let's give him glory this morning. Hello again, and thank you so much for listening. I really hope that message has encouraged you. 
would you please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review? This really helps others get exposed to this uplifting message. I would also love for you to share this message with a friend or someone you think would be really inspired and blessed by this. Sharing this on social media like Facebook really does help others also get this free content. I'm honored you chose to spend some of your valuable time with us. Have an amazing day.